Holy shit, that was crazy. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, uh, we are having... I thought there were blanks in that gun. There yeah. were blanks in that gun. What? Nothing? No. Animal House, when they shot the horse, nothing? All right. That was awful. Never mind. Um, so Sims and I did a Facebook Live earlier today. It's Monday, the day after uh, a crazy six-point win by the Patriots in the Super Bowl because the Patriots don't just come back from down 25. They come back and still cover the spread. Of course they do. Because well, I made money on them. <laughs> it was perfect. Uh, Sims and I did a Facebook Live, and we thought that it was just like our initial reactions of the game and all that. So uh, we... Uh, Fendrick took it offline. We're going to let you listen to it. It's awesome. And then Sims right now just went home. He's going to study film. And tomorrow we're going to do a kind of a deeper dive on the schematics of what we saw. Because I know Sims was already saying that he saw some things from Atlanta that they hadn't done at all in the first half. And why did they stop doing that in the second half? Uh, what was your – well, really quick, because I know you weren't on the Facebook Live. What was your big takeaway from last night? Wow, my big takeaway from last night. Uh, Grady Jarrett. That was awesome. X Factor. But, I mean, it's Tom Brady. What else is there to talk about other than Tom Brady? Yeah. I well, got nothing. We talked about that. Yeah. So, so enjoy. Did Sims defend Kyle Shanahan? Yes. We okay. talked about everything. Great. Don't worry about it. Awesome. We got into it all. All right. Enjoy, guys. Well, uh, check out iTunes for a little bit later this week. We'll do more deep dive rundowns and keep hitting us up on Twitter, and we'll get to as many as possible. All right. It's time to recap the incredible thing that we saw last night, and that was... Lady Gaga. Man, she was incredible, huh? She was incredible. I was really, uh, I enjoyed it, but not as incredible as New England Patriots and Tom Brady. Those are 11s, and unfortunately Atlanta is feeling a little sour. Hey, it's good to have you back. Hey, thanks, man. Um, That was, uh, it was a great game. Yeah. It was a great game. It was an awful game. We got to experience Atlanta as Super Bowl champions (laughs) and the Patriots as Super Bowl champions. We we got to see both. Uh, Tom Brady Gets his fifth ring. Uh, it was the greatest booing of a sports commissioner that I've ever witnessed. I mean, Roger Goodell was thrashed. Robert Kraft ripped the microphone out of Terry Bradshaw's hand and led the cult of Patriots fans. It was the largest comeback in Super Bowl history. It was 28-3, to and the Patriots went out there and just w- kept putting it up. Chip, 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 chip. Chip, 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 chip. The old chipperoo, they just chipped away at it. And that's what, you know, listen, anybody that's been out there and listened to the Sims and Lefko podcast, other times we've talked about the New England Patriots, teams talk about playing four quarters. Mm. It's just very rare you see a team that could play four quarters with the New England Patriots. They have their gas, the, the pedal of the metal, four quarters long. And this is what I'll say. We know they're mentally tough. Yes. There's stamina there to play that way. But I, I've said this to people throughout the week, too. New England was the only team I ever saw, even when I played for Josh McDaniels in Denver, that conditioned all season long. The middle of practice, get on the line. We're going to run some gassers. Practice is over. We're going to run gassers. What are the other teams? The the other teams usually don't. You're kind of in football shape. But Bill is always pushing the envelope as far as that's concerned. And that's why they don't wear out in the fourth quarter. And you see an Atlanta team that was totally worn out. 93 freaking plus. Plus, yes, we're going to get into this. I got a lot of stuff I want to say about this. Uh, Plus, the other thing is, you saw too, again, Belichick's genius comes out because the depth of his team. The depth of his team, they can rotate so many people on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball. You saw Atlanta, it's the same five or six D linemen in there the whole game. And they couldn't, 
They were like you coming off the edge at the end of the game. It might as well have been you. They couldn't. They couldn't. Well, you saw like Dwight Freeney trying to like get out there quick because he didn't have enough to really push it and all right. that. And they were dead. Ninety-three right. plays wore them out. Let me let me ask you some overarching question that I'm seeing on a lot of traditional media right now. Here are the number one questions I'm seeing on TV, and I, I'm I, sports media has to change. Is it more Brady or Belichick? Who deserves the credit? It's a machine. Who cares? Stop it. It's who amazing. Right. Two, who do you blame? I don't know. Why don't you just watch the game? It was great. There was a lot of factors, yes. but there was no blame. Right. There was a lot of factors. Uh, one, Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, listen, he's certainly the most accomplished. I mean, am I going to sit here and just go, oh, he's the greatest of all time? I've already said this. The greatest quarterback I've ever seen is Aaron Rodgers with physical ability. But... Brady's Brady's definitely up there with physical ability. And then, of course, the accomplishments, yes, hands I'm down. It's it, not even I'm, close. I'm giving it to Tom Brady, and I'm calling it my cool. Jack Nicholas. I'm not thing. mad at you. Here, no, here's right. why. Here's why. Because, yeah, could Aaron win this many by 39? Sure. But he hasn't done it yet, yeah. so Tom Brady has it. And what he did last night was freaking incredible. That's amazing. But it's it the greatest incredible. Super Bowl performance ever at, yes. at the quarterback so position. So I, I look at Tom Brady, and yes. I go, you know what? I, in my life, can't live with this kind of discipline. I look at Belichick to like ha- be motivated by that. I think Deflategate was the greatest thing that's going to happen to this Patriots because I think it's going to inspire them to win more and more and more. Right. And I think ju- I also think this, this is another take I have. This is the greatest weekend that could have happened for the San Francisco 49ers. John Lynch didn't get into the Hall of Fame, and Kyle Shanahan's going to get blamed for this stuff. And now, instead of coming in like the Golden Boys, they're coming in super motivated. Hey. Motivation is a beautiful thing for a really high-level human Definitely. for athletic feats. And I think Deflategate is a huge reason. Did you see Tom Brady after the game? Did yeah. you see Robert Kraft after the game? Sure. The only one that wasn't thinking about it was Belichick because he's half cyborg. Right. And he was motivated. He said today, he goes, we're five weeks behind 2017. That's the way he is. That's the way he is. Yes. But it, Robert Kraft and Tom Brady were motivated by Deflategate, and that was a huge part to get them to this point. They weren't thinking about it in the drive, but the extra motivation throughout sure, the time. no doubt. Uh, and they don't even need motivation up in New England. No. That's what they're amazing at. That They're so well-conditioned. They are so great at blocking out, and I know you and I have talked about this before, because so many teams rely on external motivation. Yes. They're all about internal motivation. Yes. It's years and years of Belichick and Brady, day after day, hour after hour, being more detailed, working a few more hours than the rest of the NFL, Belichick being a curmudgeon and like coming up with game plans on Easter Sunday. It just never ends, and this is what you get, the greatest dynasty in the history of football. Yes. That's all there is to it. And it's, like we said, it's up there with 50s Yankees, 60s Celtics, yes. 90s Bulls, whatever it may be. This might be the greatest dynasty really ever it in is. any sport. I don't really care. It's Man. amazing. When you factor in all of the other things Free that agency, play CJ Reed just wrote that that Edelman catch was the GOAT. Better catch, the Edelman catch or the Julio Jones catch? We're not going to really remember. The Edelman catch will remember more. The Julio one, I think, will uh, will be like the uh, Marcus Page shot in the championship yes. that we forget because Villanova, it's going to be like the Jermaine Curse catch right. in Seattle that we forget. Yeah, right. Um, That's a good example. What You're was right. a better catch? The Edelman I, I think catch the Edelman Julio. catch. I mean, the that Julio was catch was amazing. But the Edelman catch, like, Catches like that, it, it, it's not only great, it's like it's like luck plays into it, too. And I'm not taking anything away from Juliana, but just the fact that the ball stayed in the air, just that half extra, it's like curse, yes. like you talked about. You know, oh, it hit the guy's ankle. Uh, but it, amazing. And that's just, you know, again, Julian Edelman's amazing. People, you said it before we started the show, people got to start giving this guy credit. 
He's, he is legitimately one of the best receivers in football, hands down. I don't care if he's white and he's small or whatever it may be. He has got elite-level quickness, elite-level toughness, yes. elite-level smarts. And his speed, yeah, it's not like Odell Beckham Jr., but him and Antonio Brown, if they got in a 40 against each other, I mean, yeah, Antonio Brown might beat him by a hair. That's how talented Edelman is. Uh, J.R. Santos asks, can we officially say Brady Edelman is now better than Brady Welker? Ooh, you know, I do think we can. I think we're getting very close to that, especially just for big clutch moments. You know, Welker, unfortunately, will be remembered for, you know, the miscommunication with Brady in the on 2011 the Super yeah. Bowl against the Giants, right? You know, being on the Broncos team that got beat by the Seahawks in the uh, Super Bowl, being on the 2007 uh, Patriots team that lost and got upset by that Giants team. Edelman is just special because he somebody, nobody told him he's 5'10", 195 pounds. He thinks he's 6'3", 225. Yeah. He is a tough, crazy effort. I mean, he is. If you met him in person, he'd fight anybody. Uh, he's just a little ball of wiry muscle. And he's Jewish. And, and he, is he? I didn't even know that. I wasn't that's sure what crazy. he was. Yeah. No, he, that's like Sandy Koufax stuff. He's amazing. We don't got a lot of sports heroes. That man plays dreidel. That <laughs> dude is crazy. Okay, so the other thing that uh, you obviously don't tweet, and I was on Twitter saying that, wow, there's a whole lot of media people right now blaming this one on Kyle Shanahan, and they're going, so, wow, they ran the ball four times. When here's So let me put up one. Do we have the Damian Woody tweet that I think kind of captures all of that and puts it into perspective? Uh, Damian Woody... Um, I don't know if we have I don't have anyone. Oh, here it is. Perfect. Uh, after the Falcons built a 28-3 lead in Super Bowl 51, they rushed the ball four times for a grand total of 10 yards. Way to go, Kyle Shanahan. So that's what he said. So here's the deal. Other than that last drive, which was like they got it deep in their own zone, they only were able to run 12 plays. Four of those 12 plays were running plays. Now, let's think about those drives. First drive, successful play on play one, nine-yard pass to Hooper. And then second down, holding on Jake Matthews, kills the drive. Yes. Second drive, big pass on first down or Tevin Coleman run. Second drive was the touchdown, I think, right? No, You're no, because okay, so I'm saying after oh, it became 28-3. Sorry, sorry, to three. sorry about that. Yes. Second drive after being 28-3, Matt Ryan sack fumble. Right. Third drive, 39-yard pass to Devontae Freeman, go down. The biggest mistake Kyle Shannon did, in my opinion, was run it on second down at the 21. Or not run it on second down. Pass it, and it led to the sack. I understand playing it safe, running up the middle. Now, on third down, they got nine yards with Muhammad Sanu to get back in a field goal range, but Jake Matthews got another holding call right. on him. That was bad. But I, I think the only mistake that he really made was running it on second down. Other than that... You got tore up for 546 yards. And gave up a 25-point lead. So let me hear your opinion. What, is the, what do you think is the truth? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, man, I got a lot, a lot to say here. I mean, first of all, oh, where do I want to start? This is where I want to start. Um, to say, I mean, you see the stats. There you go. First, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever. This is where I look at the game and go, are you kidding me to blame it on Kyle Shanahan? I, I want to go, I don't know what game you're watching, really, if, if, you're, if you think that's the point. They're Damian not looking Woody, at the stats after the Damian game. Damian Woody, I, I really usually always respect his opinion, but he's way off base. First of all, put me back on camera so we can show that. You see the fourth quarter, the first quarter stats. My biggest thing would be this. Um, it's a 28-3 lead. If they went into total prevent mode on the offense and ran the ball and tried to run the ball and the clock and all that, 
and they lost the game, everybody going, this offense is so great. Why did they get all conservative and change the way they played? They lost the game because they were conservative. They didn't continue to be the Falcons offense. First of all, this is Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Are you kidding me? You're not going to be conservative. You have to go. Did you watch the defense that the New England Patriots are playing? They were playing a defense, a bare front, almost the whole second half going, yes. we're not going to let you run and bleed the clock. So you're going to have to throw it sometimes. Bill Belichick's kind of smart like that. Other thing is, um, the defense, the defensive coaching staff, Dan Quinn, who I have great respect for, they just got out coached, period, in the second half, especially. Where did the defense go from the first half? When why was New England Patriots struggling in the first half? Because Atlanta did things on defense that they didn't do all year long. New England didn't know what to do because they prepared for the two or three things that the Falcons basically do all year long, and the game started. And Atlanta was doing stuff they had not seen on film. Like what, man-to-man? Man-to-man, crazy combination coverages. Man-to-man over here with a guy over here, and the guy crosses, and he's being double-covered, drop back. They had amazing blitzes, some really odd fronts, if you really looked at what yeah. they were doing up front, to send some crazy techniques why they were getting pressure on Brady in the first half. And then what so, they do in the second half? In the second half, it became prevent. It became the Seattle Seahawks, but looser coverage. That single safety press so no bail. jams. No jams. And you're not going to stay with And that's why Brady threw outside all day long to Malcolm Mitchell in the second half. And to sit there and play the same defense basically the whole second half against the greatest quarterback ever. Certainly the greatest Super Bowl quarterback ever. And yes, I know I'd sit Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. Wah, wah, wah. Brady is freaking awesome. He's what he's doing right now at 39 is ridiculous. He's better now than he was in 2011. That's because he's fixed his throwing motion. And the, some of the throws he made last night, he didn't make in 2011, 2012. What he's doing now is so phenomenal. But I look at it and go, this defense, what were they doing? You can't be that predictable. And they just let them throw and throw and throw and dink and dunk. And they controlled the clock. You're Atlanta. You've been winning on track meets all year long. And that you get into that situation, keep calling your crazy defenses, yes. either create a big play with your defense, or you let New England score fast, and you get your offense out there again to stay in rhythm yeah. and keep going. It's very hard as an offense to get in rhythm when you're not out there to do anything. So you saw they had great success moving the ball, really, whenever they wanted to. Yes. But... Yes, the defense not only screwed themselves, but in that, they screwed the offense, too. That's what I've been lost in translation. Here's what I don't understand is, so the Patriots put up all this yards, uh, like 500. 546. 546. Their longest play of the game was 28 yards. Right. So you, so you, you were a slow death. Yes. And when I watched the first half, I wrote down in my notebook, because I watched the game by myself, because I'm not watching with anybody else. I can't listen to anybody else. Great. I talk enough for everybody. I watched it with Philip Charlotte and Danielle Sands. I got a little bit rough. Um, <laughs> but my, <laughs> I got after about myself, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I, I watched the game, and I, I wrote down, I go, Atlanta's winning every 50-50 ball. Yes. They were more athletic. Every yes. time the ball went up, they were winning it. The, the corners were swatting it away. And you think about the big Patriots plays, the Martellus Bennett deflected one, big the one. Julian Edelman catch. Mm -hmm. Those were not 50-50 balls. Those are like miracles from God that came they down. They were 90-10 balls. So, 90 Atlanta, Atlanta, so instead of getting diced up underneath by giving Edelman room or Malcolm Mitchell, you're winning the 50-50 balls. Put some safeties backs. Jam. 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 Who cares if they go down and score Tom Brady anyways? was getting destroyed. Right. Who cares if they go down and score? 
Well, let them go down and score. Your offense can but don't move let the them ball. Break. Don't let them be slow death. I'm going to kill my defense and have them play a lot of snaps and then take my offense totally out of rhythm. And the other thing, yeah, I mean, New England was playing to stop the run like we talked about in the second half. So Atlanta was going to have to throw the ball. But this is the biggest thing of all to me, Lefko. Again, the genius of, I mean, not only like Tom Brady and his ability to stay calm down 28 oh. to 3, even though he's flustered and you could see it. The way he used the clock was he's just, unbelievable. He's phenomenal, right? Their, their, their approach to situational football is unmatched in the history of football. It just doesn't matter. But Bill Belichick, the greatness again. Think about the game, everybody out there. There you go. Why is Bill Belichick's balls just bigger than everybody else? Why? Why does he have two watermelons for balls and everybody else has little marbles? That's what I want to know. Because he's not afraid to kick onside kicks, throw back pass with Edelman, fake fake snap to uh, Brady Brady on the two-point conversion, but it snaps it to the running back. Uh, The the Statue of Liberty play at the end of regulation. I actually think that that was the annexation of Puerto Rico. That was the annexation of Puerto Rico. I think that was the play from Little Giants where the guy there, and they're like, and he's like, I think it was the annexation of Puerto Rico. You're right. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Statue of Liberty is Boise State. The short kickoffs. Why is Belichick always on another level from the rest of football? Why does he find the little things to go – you know, you guys probably – like, how many times are they, is Atlanta going to catch the ball on the goal line or at yes. the one-yard line and return it to the 12-yard line to screw their own offense? Like, let the ball fall off or change your kick return strategy. Obviously, there was a flaw there. But Belichick, once again – He's the only one level. that looks at the mundane parts of football and goes, how can I do this to my advantage? Exactly so right. So we're kicking it off here. Yes. And if we kick it at the one, everyone else, because we don't want him to have it at the 25. Why? He's the only one that evaluates the minutia of football. You're exactly. And that's why when you get upset about Spygate, and you think they're there lucky. was no rules against that. Right. And he went, okay, I'm going to think about this stuff. Yeah. What he can think about, it's just different. Uh, it, right, it was so down 28-20 now, yes. right? It's down 28-20. They've already kicked the first onside kick, right? They didn't get it, but they got the ball back. Now they're down 28-20. Why would the Atlanta Falcons get an onside kick return? Uh, onside kick return, they're, they're only up eight, and there's like five like minutes three, left yeah. in the game. What, 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 they're not going to kick an onside I mean, I know Belichick's got huge kahunas, but they weren't going to kick another onside kick when they were down by eight and had three and timeouts. They stopped you three but or yet four drives. they kick it up there, and Atlanta catches it at the one-yard line, returns it to the 10, and it's, hey, first and 10, you got 90 yards to go, and you haven't played much in the second half. Good luck. So yes. uh, New England is amazing. They're not going anywhere. The youngest playoff team in the AFC, the 12th youngest team in football. Like, if you don't like the Patriots, I'm sorry, but it ain't going anywhere. Brady is going to end up with six or seven when this is all said or done. I know everybody thinks I'm a Brady hater. I'm really not. I'm really not. Like, I just, yeah, I think he was def- guilty of the fight. I think what you are a hater of is the typical media narrative. I just get which sick of it. Is- Every Super Bowl win belongs to Tom Brady. Yes, I, exactly that's what right. it is. It's, Everything. Well, is. no, it's because the media goes. It's about legacy and it's about totals. And when you talk about who's the greatest NBA player of all time, you go Jordan has six and Kobe has five and LeBron. Who cares? It's you, you, the, we can never a- yes. analyze the minutia. So that's Tom Brady. Woo. It's unbelievable. If I if you had told me that Tom Brady threw sixty two passes, You're not gonna I would have told the Falcons we're going to win. Right. Uh, we just had someone say that uh, Caleb Williams said um, James White is a. Beast. 
beast. He's James up. White goes out there, sets the record for 14 catches in a Super Bowl. I was who, going, who did he break? Deion Branch's record? Uh, no, I believe it was Shane Vereen. Oh. Shane Vereen from the Super Bowl two Deion years Branch ago. Branch had it against your Eagles too, I think, at one point. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So we were, I was gonna make I was gonna make a prop bet two years ago that Shane Vereen was gonna have a lot of catches. And this was James White because it was the dink and dunk against the Falcons defense. Yes. I was going to tweet out in the first or second quarter that James White is the biggest dud in big games that the Patriots have had. When you think about all the wheel routes he dropped against the Broncos in the AFC Championship game, he started this game with getting tackled really easily on a screen and dropping another wheel route that yeah. Deion Jones defended. But then he goes out there, and man, well, and he was incredible. Your, your thought isn't wrong. I mean, yeah, he's I not don't like, think he's Deion Lewis. No, he's not, he's not as physically good as gifted like, oh, wow. But he's like a Shane Vereen, smart, always in the same place. The ball's here, he catches it every time. That's what New England wants sometimes. They're just like, listen, we got a good quarterback. We got a good system. We don't need a guy that's like, yeah, is going to catch it three out of four times. We need a guy that catches it four out of four times and knows what route to run against a certain defenses and knows who to pick up a la not Devontae Freeman on third and one when he didn't block Dante Hightower. I don't know what he was doing. Atlanta got a little is too Tevin, into Is Tevin Coleman a better pass blocker than Devontae Freeman? No, I don't think he Because I was going to say that injury, would would he have been out there on third and one? No, no, I don't think so. I just don't know what Devontae – see, this is – if you listen to the Sims and Lefko podcast, I'm going to watch the film today and tomorrow and really break it down. I, I, You know, if you look at that play, it was third and one. I don't blame Atlanta for not running the ball. New England was not going to let it's, – it's hard to just run the ball in the NFL when teams know you're going to run it. And they were doing a good job defending the run in the second half. And New England had shown they kind of figured out how they wanted to stop the run game in general. Um, but, yeah, Devontae Freeman goes out, and you could see he looks that way and then looks back, yes. and Dante Hightower was by him already. Yeah. And then it became sack fumble. That was a huge play in the game. That was really the biggest difference. That was really the play that won it because I think – even if they just get to punt the ball there, yeah, it's, it's probably the not going to have enough 20. time Man. to win the game maybe when all said and done. Chris Fever reminds us that the Patriots did this without uh, Gronkowski. Gronkowski, which I is know. incredible. And then uh, scroll really quick on the right. Uh, June Kristen Nesbury says, Sims and Lefko, do you think they will repeat and do you think they will re-sign Bennett and Floyd? So I am I am letting Floyd walk. Martellus Bennett is 100% coming Definitely. back. He was fantastic. Yes. And then you can do this again with the two tight ends when Gronk comes back. Me, Are me. you picking the Patriots to repeat? Me, me. Yeah, I'm picking the win. Yes, I am. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're not going anywhere. I don't know. They're five weeks behind. Uh, yeah, right. Whatever. Bill Belichick, he says he's five weeks behind. I guarantee he's two months ahead of everybody else in the draft process. The things I know about New England, if I know right, Bill is already done with this year's draft. He's already got a good clue of the top 100 players. How? Where they, because Bill doesn't take time off in that month off in the summer. And when it's OTAs and the players can't be there for certain days and all these rules and regulations, yeah. Bill is so far ahead. That's what I mean. Anybody out there who's listened to me, I mean, if this guy was on Wall Street, he'd be the wolf of Wall Street. He'd be running Goldman Sachs or yeah. J.P. Morgan. David Yes says, uh, you think Bennett's back even if he refuses to go to the White House. I think what people don't realize is when Belichick and Brady don't want to talk about Donald Trump, it's not because they feel really strongly about Donald Trump. It's that they don't feel strongly about anything other than winning football games. Right. So they don't care about Martellus Bennett and not I- wanting to go to the White House. They, all they care about is, hey, Martellus, are you going to talk about this every day or are you just going to eventually just go, 
go, I want to play football. Because right. if you want to play football, then I don't care. That that's the good thing and the bad thing. The Aaron Hernandez stuff can happen because all he cares about is football. Yeah. But also, like, the political statements can happen because all he cares about is football. Uh, yeah. They're not going to care. Just not are gonna you going to lace him up? And, and Bennett is smart, but he also knows, I just want to play. No doubt. And they will respect him for that. Like, Bill respects people like that. It's not like, a, like this guy's crazy. Bennett will not be overpaid. And he will also not be underpaid. No. I think Bennett will take a contract because he goes, I want to win more Super Bowls. You're right. He's going to find a way. They'll find a way to get the balance. Yes. No doubt about His it. His brother was criminally underpaid. This and is the other thing I'll some. say. Listen, just insider info, okay? Because I'm, you know, yeah, I work for New England. Johnny Patriot. If you made me bet, I would bet you Tom Brady voted for Hillary Clinton. And I would bet you Bob Kraft voted for Hillary Clinton. Now, Belichick, he might have gone Trump. But... The other two, everything I know of Tom Brady and his personal life and the way he is, I think he's just a guy that he's been friends with Donald Trump and he's not going to crap on him in the media. He's just, like he's saying, being supportive of a friend. And I think Robert Kraft is probably one of the more liberal owners, and if not the most liberal owner in all of football. Mm. I mean, he's a Jewish man from Boston. They don't really become more liberal than that. Yes. But they're just respectful human beings, and they're not going to get in that conversation. They realize that 39% of their state voted for Donald Trump, and they're not going to alienate that side either. This is an interesting conversation. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Nicholas D'Souza says Bennett's not coming back. He said at the end of the game, you know they overpay for Super Bowl champions, and the Pats don't overpay. Good point. You know where I could see Bennett going? I'd love to see him go to Seattle. I'd love to see him and his brother play together because I bet you they'd like to do that. My, um, and then you could do him and Jimmy Graham. Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett gave us a lot of props. He what watches our about? stuff. He loves that we show him so much love. He says nobody shows us more love than him. You know, even with my articles, all 22, I put him on. I club? saw him at the Super Bowl. No, I, at the uh, radio row. But we were walking on the elevator together, and he's like, yo, Sims. He's like, you the man. I was like, he's like, I appreciate you and your boy, all the love you show me on on Bleacher Report, yeah. Alex so you're, Lefko, You're bro. the boy, yeah. I uh, like it. But, he, yeah, uh, people are watching our stuff, but regardless, that would be cool. And I, I mean, Yeah, because they're kind of guys that want experience. Right. Mar- Michael has a Super Bowl. Martellus has a Super Bowl. Once you get a Super Bowl, no one ever questions you about it ever again. You're exactly you right. You kind of get, like, the pass for your career. You're a winner. Then you want to go and, and live in cities and play with certain guys. And what a cool thing for those. T- I could see that happening. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. Um all right, so the Patriots are your pick to win the Super Bowl next year. Yes. Um, Falcons, how do, how do you bounce back from this? This is rough. Uh, I don't even know what to say, really. They're gonna, this is going to haunt them until really the first day of OTAs in April. I mean, that's, this is how bad. I, I can't even imagine how they feel. I've lost the NFC wild card game, and I was devastated for two months. I mean, no, no joke. I mean, I was waking up, like, the first thing on my mind was like, Damn, I can't believe we lost that playoff game. So, to lose a Super Bowl in the fashion they lost, Lefko, I, I don't even know what to say to that. They're, it's literally, I, they're going to feel like their mother died. Lucas Straczynski asks, how is your brother doing? If you don't know, Sims' brother, Matt, is the practice squad quarterback yes. for the Falcons. He's heartbroken. He's heartbroken. I was texting him this morning. It's just, it's rough. And, yeah, my brother, of course, not even nearly as emotionally invested as some of the guys on the field. you hear him curse on TV? No, did he curse? Yeah. You heard him? There was a lot of really good curses that got broadcast last night. There was one where Ryan came off the field, and he took his, he took a timeout, and I he goes, I, I can't hear anything. And he looks at Matt, he goes, can you hear anything? And Matt, with the camera right there, goes, yeah. I can't effing hear S. Yes. 
And I was like, Matty boy! <laughs> and the other Jersey! Great, I thought the other great curse was LeGarrette, Blunt, Brady, and Belichick there. And Belichick and I I heard Blunt that one. looks at Belichick and goes, You're the effing best. And he goes, And you're the effing greatest of all time. And those were those were awesome. It's amazing. And then the Willie McGinnis, where he's walking with the trophy, oh. and he goes, Yeah, you know you've got to effing lick this and, and effing. And I'm like, Man, you got to turn off these microphones, guys. Uh, I like, love it. Come on. We're, aren't we past that in 2016? What are they just, who cares? I mean, the Matthew F- Gilbert. Does Chris still think Tom Brady isn't a top five quarterback? No. Smiley emoji. He's, yeah. No. But he's, I've been off that for a while, man. I, I will always keep it real. And if I'm wrong, I, I will think, say I think it. the greatest thing is that Brady went from not a top five quarterback two years ago yeah. to a top two or three quarterback right now. Yes. And I think he would probably even admit if he was ever asked about cha- changing his throwing motion yes. and, and feeling better. He's a different quarterback than he was two, three years ago. Yeah. But we just have to look at each one individually. Right. Rex Talley asks, how much longer do you think Tom Brady has in terms of this throwing motion, this offense and all that? Just looking at him, he's 39 now. Yeah. Do you think he could play at least 44? I don't know. 44 is pushing it. I'm going to say 41, 42. I do think, like, when it falls, it'll fall fast because it just – not not like, Brady's going to be able to throw it forever. Like, Brady has got his motion down now to where he's still throwing a 98-mile-per-hour fastball and he's still painting the corners. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a better thrower now than he was in 2011 when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. I think we're going to look back at this era of sports yes. and we're going to mainly focus on two guys. Tom Brady and LeBron James. Yeah. And we're not just going to look at their championships and all that. We're going to look at the way they changed uh, science and body conditioning. Yes. And we're going to look at these guys as the two people that went, I'm going to invest an insane amount of money into keeping my body right. right. I think LeBron James can play for a very long time. I think he's one of the few guys that can transition from a shooter to an inside post player right. Right. where you don't need as much of your legs because he's constantly massages and, and liquid. Yeah, and all that right stuff. And Tom and Brady, the way they talk about his diet and preparation, it's the same thing with Jeter. These yeah. were guys that just took care of their bodies differently yes. in an era where, I mean, look, 20 years ago, they thought that dingers were just a guy of stars. 20 years ago, I mean, my dad, people in 1993, my dad was, my the, dad oldest, was the oldest quarterback to win a playoff game. I mean, and he was 37, and people were like, man, Phil Sims at 37 going to the Pro Bowl and uh, winning playoff games. And your dad was was a taking care of the body guy. Totally. I mean, really a taking care of the body. But what you are seeing now, and I think it's a great point, Lefko, is, yeah, you're seeing what all the, the, the – Brady and LeBron were at the start of this generation of, like, new-level training, yes. right? You know, like, we grew up in it. Yes. And now you're seeing, like, the fruition of all of it to where, yeah, there is no letdown in sight. And with the team around Brady – and the way he takes care of his body, and the way he's throwing the ball, yeah. it's amazing. Like we said, I, we saw. I think, I think, look, it's going to be very dependent on this offensive line and how many hits Tom Brady takes. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, it's the brutality of this job. At the same time, he looks four years away from what I saw out of Peyton Manning last year, which exactly was just right. a completely decomposed Hall of Famer right. that was like, look, I'm going to use this. Like, I'll never forget listening to Ray Lewis talk about the hardest thing about being an athlete is when your brain is faster than everybody else but your body is slower than everybody else. And Brady is like, I think, three to four years away from that, depending on how many hits he takes. Well, and Brady was smart enough to realize his throwing motion wasn't going to quite stand the the test of time. And if you heard him in his MVP press conference today, he goes, you know, my arm hurt a lot when I was 25 years old, and it doesn't hurt anymore. Mm. It's because he's throwing the ball the right way. Yes. And, yes, 
Peyton Manning with that really high vertical motion, you can't throw any object that hard when your arm's this high. Yes. And Tom Brady's motion right now is more Aaron Rodgers. It's right here yeah. along. And, man, I, I'm in amazement. I really am. Shout out to David Sutherland for calling me out. I accidentally tweeted last night, watch out for an inside kick. Autocorrect. It's the worst. David, yes, as I guess that's what sugar-free and gluten-free does. I'm going to be honest. I know this is a sports show. Stop eating sugar. I just cut it out of my diet three days ago. It's poison. I, I feel great. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing that you can take from athletes is their determination, their focus, other than their incredible athletic ability, and their body preparation. Put it into your life. Use it. Life optimization. It's pretty dope. Two, Chow Costa, Sims, what inside information do you have on Josh McDaniels? Do you think he waits until Bill retires? tires because if you think Brady can play four more years I think Belichick can do this for 20 more years <laughs> I think he will be like the like the like the Bear Bryant Joe Pa like going until he's 80 he's he's certainly not showing so what any... about Josh McDaniels Josh McDaniels is amazing I don't know do you think he's waiting for Belichick though or do you think this was just a a year where the interviews weren't good the things I know no I literally think Josh turned down a lot this year I think Josh Ooh. yeah I think Josh well, he is, was the Niners guy right he does yes and I think Josh is a he's without a doubt one of the best minds in football I think more than anything with Josh McDaniels he like he said when he turned down the Niners job really he you know, his wife he's got a he's got young kids I think he's got four kids so uh, they're very happy and comfortable where they are. They're winning games. He's being paid uh, almost like a head coach. Right. And I don't know if he's the man in waiting. I, you know, If you know people up in New England, I think Matt Patricia might actually be the guy in line. Like if Bill retired wow. tomorrow, I think Matt Patricia might be the guy that gets it. Uh, but regardless, they're all very content there. Bill treats them with great respect. Bill, Bill Matt, Josh McDaniels. Yes. The, those those three, they have more personal conversations uh, than anybody in the building. I mean, Bill and Josh in the hallway yeah. for like an hour just talking ball. I don't know what they Jose were talking Ponce about. Jose Ponce says this, why go be a loser somewhere else when you can get ring after ring? Here's the thing. Bill Belichick doesn't have five rings. Bill Belichick has seven rings. <laughs> Bill Belichick has two rings as a defensive mind on the Giants that helped make Lawrence Taylor the absolute beast he was. Josh McDaniels has five rings. He does, yes. right? No, no he, I, I don't think, think he was there for some of the first few, So maybe, maybe it was like three or four. Yes. But those rings still mean something. Yes. Let me ask you guys at home. You have probably worked for crappy bosses, right? You learn a lot from crappy bosses. You learn what not to do. You learn how not to use your time. You learn how not to talk to people. So when you get to a Google or you get to a Facebook and you see that it's this machine that, wait, I need to build this machine for 18 years to reach this level? Right. Why not be at a point where you can be around greatness and, and reach all of your potential? You don't need all the credit. Yeah. I'll never forget when I was producing a documentary and we would go and we would pitch things to something. And I would listen to the other producers pitch these guys on, look, hey, man, we really want to get like $200,000. I go, why don't we get $20,000 and get a piece of the pie and do what we want to do? Yeah. Everybody wants all the credit. Right. Stop wanting all the credit. Why not build something that's really freaking amazing that can achieve amazing things? So, yes, if you want to be a head coach because it's going to fulfill your ego so you could go all there and then you could battle Bill Belichick, that's not always what these guys want. Sometimes you finally get into a situation where you're making amazing things. Yes. And let's see how far we could take right, this. Right, right. 
I think that ambition's there for both uh, Look, Rex, McDaniels or whatever, but they're just they're content with where Rex they are. Rex Ryan could be a phenomenal defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. but he's got too much ego, and he's got to be a head coach. Right. Sometimes that's not your role. Maybe Josh McDaniels isn't destined to be a great head coach. Maybe, Maybe he's destined to be one of the best offensive coordinators of all time. There's a lot of pride in that. There's no There's doubt. There's a lot of achievement Agreed. in that. Agreed. Man, without, without a lot of stress and having to move your family everywhere in the world. And sometimes people are comfortable with that. In a, in a brief point of levity, yes. uh, Dej Clark would like to see your shoes. I got my KD 3.5s on. Yeah, buddy. And he's got his hipsters Chuck Taylors on. Hey, what's up? Uh, Sims wears Uggs, says Mike Mehmet. Mike <laughs> Mehmet is a beautiful hater. Oh. I appreciate his hate. Uh, yeah, Brady sent me the Uggs. That's right. Ooh. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Uh, definitely going to San Francisco? Yes. There we go. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, exact. He is. There's no doubt about it. I mean, who, I, I, who do you think Atlanta goes after? Are they going to be the same? Because uh, not only are they lo- do they just lose the Super Bowl? Because if you lose the Super Bowl and you lose Kyle Shanahan, we used it for a year. Uh, what system are they going to have? I, like, I they, don't not know. only are they losing the Super Bowl, they're rebuilding. This is going to be interesting. I mean, I, first of all, I wouldn't be shocked if like Atlanta didn't get back to the playoffs last year. The number one weapon for the Atlanta Falcons was Kyle Shanahan. And it's interesting. I think this is a good talking, like a good thing, just a food for thought. Like if you're the Atlanta Falcons, do you want to try to keep like a Matt LaFleur and make him be your offensive coordinator and continue the system? I think you have to make that decision. Or do you want to bring another offensive coordinator in and then also keep part of this staff that was here with Kyle? For me, like if you're going to bring like a Chip Kelly in to be OC, which some of it's rumored as, you can't have any of Kyle's staff there with him. Because, it's just a philosophical difference. Well, and they're going to be – everyone's going to be like, well, Kyle did it this way, and we mm. were really awesome. There's going to be this second-guessing that goes on in the, in the building. So man. either you got to make one of Kyle's assistants the man and continue the Kyle Shanahan offense. And hope that they have the mindset to build. Or you just got to build. disconnect and go, we're starting so a new do? thing. I would – if I am them, I would probably make a Matt LaFleur my offensive coordinator and try to continue what Kyle Shanahan does on offense. Yeah, why offense. would you not want to build on success I instead agree. of starting over? I mean, it's not going to be exactly the same as Kyle. Kyle's special. He's really creative and those things. But regardless, it is that system. Just like you saw Sean McVay take over for Kyle in Washington, yeah. D.C., and they did good things on offense. Continuation. Exactly right. Yeah, you so, can build on it. Yes. Uh, Caleb Williams, Lefko's existential rant. So deep, so inspirational, so hyperbolic. Yes, very hyperbolic. That's – what I do. Yes. Make big things out of little things. Lucas Straczynski, how will you guys cover the draft? Uh, we're probably going to give Sims a week. Uh, to, I have next to, week off. So I'm, I'm so going to take next week off. But I'm going to start diving into He's going to dive in. Uh, we're going to dive into his notebook. So he's just going to watch these guys. Yep. And then we sort of look at it and go, okay, let's see what we can actually make of this information. Uh, I know we're going to have a video later this week uh, that's going to be about the Browns. Do you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, we're going to start the you, free agency So you're going to start looking at that yep. stuff too um but man well, we'll be all over it you can uh, count on that last thing and then we're going to wrap this thing up uh neil who is one of our um guy he comes up with a lot of stuff he came up to me he goes he, he said that was a lot of stuttering neil came up to me and said i've always felt the best games are when it's a slug fest the whole time and then the second best thing he likes is when one team just beats the crap out of the team the other time i said so you didn't really like this game he goes no i, I felt it was like choking and all that stuff it's a little it was weird the game so two years ago seattle new england was a battle the whole game i think that was a better game i think it was a better game too i think just I think for last pure... night was super exciting super it crazy felt like we were all in on the on the moment because right. we're like oh no here they come right it felt like an inside joke or a or a prank that we knew it was going to happen 
But but I'm with you. I, I mean, I actually watched that Seahawks uh, Seahawks Patriots game on my flight to the Super Bowl. It was on like the NFL it was just, channel. That was a it was a great fest. game. And, I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, you just take, again, into Brady context. Like Joseph Smith, you're not going to miss us during the offseason. I really think we're still going to be doing some live streams. We want to get weird. We're going to get into some other stuff, whether it's free yeah. agency, the draft. We're still going to be doing this stuff right here on Facebook Live. I have been drinking so much water and lemon that I'm going to pee in my pants. Good. Pee, pee in your pants is the cool thing to do. That was close. That was close. You want to try it one more time? Uh, I know. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me. Miles Davis. That's why I have a picture of Miles Davis above my bathroom at home. <laughs> uh, we are going to go a little bit later. We're going to record a little bit of a podcast, not film breakdown, more stuff like this, just overarching. I might actually have Fendrick just take this audio and put it online. I think so. Let's, Let's just, just wait that. tomorrow to And the then podcast. tomorrow he's going to study film. We're going to have an iTunes uh, podcast since Lefko where he does a deep dive to some more X's and O's. And we're going to keep doing this. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. I hope you love the game. Enjoy yourselves. We'll holler at you later. Peace out, homies.